Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. I'm going to read one verse of Scripture. I'm going to pray in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1. The Bible says, Then King Aram had great admiration of Naaman, the commander of his army, because through him the Lord had given Aram great victories. But though Naaman was a mighty warrior, he suffered from leprosy. I want to preach a sermon to you this morning titled, The Solution Might Not Make Sense to You. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. Thank you, God, for life and for your spirit, God. And I pray today that your word would come forth with power. God, I pray that you'd anoint me to say only the things that would honor you. God, I ask you to teach us what you'd have us to know by your spirit from your word in Jesus' name. Amen. The solution might not make sense to you. If you've been around for a while, if you've been in your word for a while, if I read a verse of scripture and throw a title at you, you might grab hold of some things and just pull them out of the uh, spirit realm and just take them in on the inside. Uh, if, if you're clued in to what's going on in the earth right now, you know there's lots of problems. It's always been problems. Jesus said, you're going to have trouble always. There's always been problems. I don't know if it's been at this level. Now, you know, we might have said something different if, if we were alive during World War I. This, this, this might have seemed like some, some, some trifling deal. They, they're telling everybody they got, that it got everybody upset. And, and it, it's, it's drastic, y'all. The coronavirus is spiking in Florida. We, a week ago, the highest day we'd ever had was 2,000. Cases, positive tests in one day. Now we're up over 10,000 a day. But the good news is hospitalizations have decreased and deaths have decreased. So I give God praise for that. But we're seeing these riots. We're seeing these takeovers. Listen, those pe- and, and I'm going to tell you something. Stop thinking that this is black people burning down black cities. This is primarily paid, white, sissy, man bun wearing, George Soros paid, Antifa leftist anarchists going into cities inciting riot and violence. And, and I believe the documentary I saw, you could have a good group of people standing there protesting something, but you, get, you sneak in an insurgent, with, and, and they showed this one woman. She had a can the size of a, of a hairspray can, and they called it an incendiary device. It's like a, a little tiny blowtorch. She turns it on and a blue flame just shoots out of it. And you can light anything on fire with that. You get one person sneak in there in a room full of protests, they light a couple things on fire and start breaking stuff, pandemonium breaks out. Now it looks like everybody came there to do that when everybody didn't come there to do that. But they're finally leaving uh, um, Seattle. They're they're about to get out of Seattle, but they're already setting up shop uh, in New York City. And you watch, it's going to be these same people that are paid and heavily financed, and they don't care about George Floyd, 
and they don't care about Michael Brown, and they don't care about Trayvon, and they don't care about black lives because nothing matters to them but anarchy and violence. So we got all this going on. Uh, this defund the police, they revoted in Minneapolis yesterday. The vote came down 12 to nothing to undo the police department. And guess what? The city council's people that voted to undo the police department, they defund it, abolish it, do away with it, cops are bad. And believe in what's being told, and you may believe it here in your own mind. And, and, I, and I heard one of them say, ain't no need to have cops, because when cops show up, bad things happen to black folk. And so they're like, okay. Now, is that your experience, Mr. Black Cop? Uh, but believe that if you want to, Guess what the city council people did after they voted to do away with the police? They hired private armed security guards at $63,000 each. Now I can tell you this. Well, don't, hey, the only thing to stop a bad person with a gun is a good person with a gun. And they know that. They, they want to do it with cops there making $49,000 a year. They don't fire all them and hire them some $63,000 a year gunslinging security guards. Now, here's the thing. If a cop is, is, is stopping uh, Deacon Dixon from beating up his wife, which I don't recommend you try that. <laughs> she don't either. That ain't happening. And, 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 and then he just lo- and the cop comes over there and then he just, he just loses his mind and starts slinging Shannon around. The cop will stop and go over there and protect her and her and anybody else. You think these hired security guards that are being paid $63,000 of taxpayer money to protect these city council people in Minnesota are going to come and help you in your time of trouble? Or are they going to stand guard with the one paying them the cash money? So the world's crazy and it's upside down. And listen, I'm going to tell you what. People are locking, licking their chops. Crime is up in Minnesota over the last month over 400%. People are licking their chops because if there ain't no cops. I mean, I'm as honest as I can be. I, I swear to you. I'm saved, sanctified, fire baptized, and filled with the Holy Ghost. But when I see one of these police burials and there's 7,000 cop cars driving down Blanding Boulevard, First thing in my mind is like, man, if you want to rob a bank, now's the time to do it. (laughs) Ain't that right? Ain't that how people think? It's like all the cops tie. Hey, if the hot now sun flashing the Krispy Kreme donuts, I'm thinking, oh, if you want to get it in, now's the time. They're busy. Now, if I'm thinking that way, I'm 57 years old. If I'm thinking that way, I live in the church. If I'm thinking that way, what do you think Ray Ray Pookie and them are thinking? Oh, if we get all these cops out of here. Trouble, trouble, trouble. We got racial trouble. We got financial trouble. With suicide on the spike. People losing their jobs. Listen, Jacksonville was trying to level out. Uh, alcohol sales spiked up through the roof during this pandemic so hard. Uh, they, they finally opened up the bars. Bad news, bar, bar goers. Shutting them down again. Shutting them down again. They, they say people sitting too close to each other drinking. 
and you can't wear a mask while you're drinking. I'm thinking, you can walk shoulder to shoulder screaming at the top of your lungs at a protest throwing bricks at cops, but you can't go sit down at Applebee's and have a drink. Now, I'm not advocating that. Don't think I'm at Applebee's. <laughs> but the ridiculousness of it, the ridiculousness, but it's, it's creating more trouble. It's suicides are up. Domestic violence is up. Depression is up. All, uh, all unemployment. All these factors and all these governments want to shut back down again. There's trouble. There's trouble all over. Listen, there's nothing. It's not funny, but it was ridiculous. There's nothing more ridiculous to me um, than seeing, I saw it on the news, in Australia, which, I mean, Australia is as white as rice on a paper plate in a snowstorm in the middle of Alaska. (laughs) Ain't that white? I said it is as white as rice on a paper plate in a snowstorm in the middle of Alaska. And they had all these white people in Australia chanting and screaming and hollering, uh, cussing at, 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 at cops, ho- holding, say his name, Black Lives Matter signs. And I'm thinking, these Aussies, don't, they, they can't even spell Floyd. But it's this spirit of rebellion. It's this spirit of anarchy. It's this we're tired and we're going to fight back spirit. And and I want to tell you something. There is a way to fight back in the spirit realm, and it's not what we're seeing on the TV realm. Oh, there's a solution. And and, and whether it's that or maybe it's a personal problem in your own life. Maybe maybe you're going through some stuff. Maybe you're going through some mental stuff, some emotional stuff, some spiritual stuff, some physical stuff, some financial stuff. There is a solution, but I want you to hear me. In God, the solution might not always make sense. And this is why a lot of people don't follow biblical teaching. Because they're like, tried it, didn't work. Didn't like it. Didn't like the way it heard. We're going to look at the Word of God today, and we're going to learn some things. I'm going to teach a little bit. Um, you, you, you heard in the opening verse that I read this man named Naaman. Now, catch the backdrop. Naaman was a leader. He was the commander of his army. He was a great man, but listen, he was a leper. Now, fortunately, Naaman was not a Hebrew. Had he been a Hebrew, he would have been isolated outside the city limits in a leper colony where nobody could come up to him. But the, uh, the, 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 these people, they, they weren't like that. He, he, didn't, he, he didn't have to live by those laws uh, because he wasn't a Hebrew. So he was the commander of King Aram's army, and he gave King Aram great victories and verse 1 says but though Naaman was a mighty warrior he suffered from leprosy so he's a great leader he's effective he's a mighty warrior the King James Version says he was a great man an honorable man a man of valor Uh, he was awesome but he was a what leprosy uh, let's just take take a random poll you you think leprosy is good or bad you think leprosy something you want or you don't want? You think leprosy something you admire or stay away from? Okay, and, and hear me good. Leprosy is still alive in the earth today. 
We send money every month to India to my friend Matthew Curvella, and he walks in leper colonies in India, and you can see pictures of people whose arms falling off, nose falling off their face, ears, toes, feet. Uh, they're lepers still today. We just don't hear about them in the West. But there were, th this is the disease, highly contagious, uh, a disease that eats you up from the inside out, and this is what was going on. So here is this great man, mighty warrior, effective, fantastic leader, victorious. A uh, couple things I want you to see this morning out of this text, because uh, the Bible says we have these stories for our examples so we can learn from them. First thing I want you to understand is even great people have problems. Y'all didn't hear me. Even great people have problems. Do you know you'd be a fool? All these people, all these signs in the ground, I see all these signs. I don't know who Michelle Cook is, but I've never seen more signs for any one person in my life. Anybody know who this person is? Is she a good person? She make a, cop, a good cop? Okay. Well, I'm, she's politicking. Okay. Well, I, I vote for her on your recommendation right now. Tell her I said so. Um, uh, he knows that's his industry for how many years? 30 years. So he knows. Uh, introduced me to the sheriff. I forgot his name already, but I met, uh, you remember the day you introduced me to the Clay County Sheriff out there on the train? Sheriff Daniels, nice guy. Uh, I voted for him too. Uh, but these people politicking out there, they, 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 are, they are just crazy in this regard. To run for politics right now, you either got to don't care, be squeaky clean, or think your dirt is so buried they can't find it. You hearing me? Now, now let me I just think about you. Okay, I want you to think about you right now. Think about you right now. If they unturned every rock they could turn on you. If they if they if they had a tape recorder on everything you ever said. We we just we just stay with the race thing. If if they listen white person, if they heard everything that ever came out of your mouth, they'd have to move you off out of this country. Get on this side of the road. Listen, listen, black person, if they heard everything you ever said, it's, it's, it's so funny. They, 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 they took my man Hulk Hogan out of the WWE archives because he called his best friend uh, the N-word, and his best friend came to his defense, and he said, I called him that the whole time. We called each other that. I don't even remember what the guy, you remember what the guy's name was, Jake? Booker T, Booker T, the greatest black wrestler in the history of wrestling. Him and Hulk Hogan were traveling buddies. They find out Hulk Hogan called him the N-word. And Booker T's like, hey, I did it too. You ain't kicking me out of the WWE Hall of Fame. So, I mean, but if they're going, listen, here it is. One of the largest airports in America, the John Wayne Airport, getting renamed next month. Because in 1971... John Wayne said something that, that, that is, is, is not right. Is, is, he said a bad thing. He said a bad thing. And, and they, they're going to tear it. Listen, I'm going to tell you this. If they knew everything you'd ever said, thought, or done, if they, could, if they could play your worst moment in life, would you be proud of it? There's a man, and, and y'all know, uh, a, a, a personal role model to me, 
uh, you don't have to love like him or, or, or different, but Dr. King's been very influential in my life, and I know in the life of many people in this room. Um, Dr. King could not get a job pastoring the average church in America today. He could not. They would not hire him. You know why? Because too much stuff's been uncovered. Dr. King was an unashamed chain smoker. How many pastors do you think get jobs sucking on a cigarette during the pastoral interview? You shouldn't say that about Dr. I, I've been to the Lorraine Motel, have you? I've been to the balcony where he was assassinated, have you? I looked through the glass in the room where he died and saw the three overflowing ashtrays with cigarette butts still in them and a trash can full of cigarette butts. Now, does that make him a bad man? No, it does not. Does that discredit everything he's ever done? No, it does not. Well, I'm tempted to tell y'all one more thing about Dr. King. He was not a perfect man, but he did a lot of great things, and this country needed Dr. King. Can anybody agree with that? Man, you run for politics right now, they'll take the worst second of your life, put it on TV, and try to make you look less than human. And they've been doing that. They've been doing that to Dr. King forever. Now they're doing it to John Wayne. The maddest thing I'm about, and I'm going to get on to naming it in just a second. I told the staff this morning, I hope this young man, I forgot his name, Errol, Evan, Erlen, some, some young African-American man, I hope he ends up owning Pepsi. He's so upset right now. He's, uh, Pepsi owns Quaker Oats. Quaker Oats owns Aunt Jemima syrup, which, by the way, is the best syrup in the world. The syrup of choice for me. And these fools at Quaker Oats, thinking that it's going to make somebody buy more syrup. They took the lady's face off the box. That is, they, they used this woman's likeness forever to make money, millions and billions and billions of dollars off her likeness to make money for their company and fill their pockets with it. And now they decided they're going to take her face off the box. And the great-grandchildren are upset. Number one, they want the royalties. That's one. They're trying to take that money away from that black family in America and act like they're doing something for black people. What, what are they going to do? What are they going to put a white woman's face on Aunt Jemima syrup now? What are they going to do? They took Uncle Ben off Uncle Ben's rice. What are they going to do? This, uh, well, they hate Ben Carson, too. Ben Carson, most hated black man in the world. I hope, y'all watch, I hope Pepsi gets changed uh, to black power drink it. The fact that they took this woman's face off that, uh, off that bottle of syrup got me so bent right now. Um, I never looked at that and thought, let me get some of this syrup because I hate black people. I just got to know because y'all know I'm like that. How many people in this room ever had Aunt Jemima syrup? Okay. How many of y'all ever drank that Aunt Jemima syrup, went home, made a noose, drove down the street, found a black person, knocked them in the head and hung them from a tree? 
But they're going to take money away from this lady, Annabelle, whatever her name is, family, to take her off the box because they say, it's, listen, I think it's racist to take her off the box and steal the money from her family and put it back in Pepsi's pocket. That's what I think. They can change the name of Fort Benning, Georgia. Then they're going to put no, I, I already asked. When, when, when they change the name of Sergeant Major Dixon, 30-plus years in the Army. I, you, you, you probably never were at Benning. You was at Benning? Seven years at Fort Benning, Georgia. Uh, let, me, let me ask you this. When they changed the name of Fort Benning, because I don't even know who Benning was. Nobody in this room knows who Benning was. He was somebody. That's all he was. He was just somebody he named a base after. But he fought for the South, and so he's the devil. Uh, and they're going to change the name. When they change the name of Fort Benning, if they change the name of it to uh, Sergeant Major Cedric Dixon, Fort, Fort Dixon, uh, is that going to put any extra money in your pocket? Is that going to help your son get better grades in college? I mean, there's a solution, but the solutions that we're seeing out there are not biblical because the problem is not being identified because the distraction, hear me, focus on this word, distraction. Say distraction. It's what the enemy wants to do, wants to distract us to get our eyes off the prize, wants to distract us by pointing at this person, that person, and the other person. Now, people are so excited right now. That chick, Lori Laughlin, uh, she's going to prison today. Um, her and her husband. Uh, I don't even know what she played on. I think what she, she played on. John Stamos' girlfriend on Full House. She was cute back then. She ain't all that today. But... Listen, rich Hollywood white chick paid somebody to lie about the test of her stupid daughter so she can get in a better college. They're putting her in prison. I'm thinking, man, they should have just made her pay money. I mean, because you know the kind of prison them people go to. Martha Stewart went to prison. She was probably teaching cooking classes in there, getting her feet manicured, <laughs> pedicured. It's a distraction. Renaming John Wayne Airport not going to change a thing. Rename it. Did, did, did anything get better on the west side of Jacksonville when they renamed Forest High School West Side High School? Did it become a better high school? Did it get air conditioning? They ought to fix the air conditioners in that building. Should have spent their money and, and, and cleaned the joint up. But it's a distraction. They want to look, and, 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 and I'm going to tell you this, I promise you, I, I, I could take any, any person in this whole room. I, I, I'll take a person, and, and, and my sister be on my record, as, as who I've said is, is one of the most upright, hard-working, good, solid, decent men that, that I've ever met. Got any idea who I'm talking about? Him. Yeah, him. Her husband. De Deacon Chief Scott Mills, U.S. Navy, retired. I, I, I'm going out on a limb right here. I've never heard Deacon Mills say a curse word. I've known this man 30 years. I've never seen him argue with a human being. I've never seen his blood pressure get up. I've never seen him say a cross word. I've never seen a stern look in his face. That's, that's, the, that's the Deacon Chief Scott Mills I know. That's the man that he is. That's his character. But I'm going to go out on a limb right now. And I'm not impugning this man that I respect at the highest level of any man in the world. 
Uh, but I, I bet if, it, if, the, if the worst eight seconds of his life was put on a tape recorder, the, 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 the whole city would burn down over it. He don't want to tell it. We ain't going to ask him. Are you seeing what I'm saying? These distractions, these distractions. Dr. King, not a horrible person. Because he he did some things that was wrong, and I didn't tell you the things that he that, that they did would blow your wig back. Just read. Even great people have problems. I, I I just can't even imagine what people must be thinking. These pulpit search committees. Listen, if if I die, Elder Jimmy's gonna take this microphone and keep running. Y'all don't need to sniff into his background. It's fake. Just know that. It's horrible. He got bad, wicked stuff in it. <laughs> Scandalous. Every church wouldn't hire him. Scandalous lifestyle. Maybe. <laughs> Not good, honest, godly, family-loving, Jesus-loving, hard-working Christian man anointed for pastoral ministry. That's all we care about. You, you girl, wasn't it Michelle Cook? You say she's a good woman, good cop. I bet you this. I bet if I could sniff out every under every rock, turn over the worst five seconds that ever came out of her mouth, her campaign would be over. Okay, well, okay. They made Cory Booker step down. I'm just telling you, even great people, stop thinking because somebody did something, said something, had something that, that just disqualifies them from your life. How many people can you leave in your life that, well, I just can't respect so-and-so, so-and-so anymore because I heard such-and-such such one time. Oh, did you even know? Did you even know how Deacon Dixon met his wife? They were fraternizing. Were y'all fraternizing? Wasn't you E7? Wasn't she E4? Oh, she, get it straight. She said, I was E5. I'm taking your her stripes. Some people would have looked down on that. So, 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 not, well, if you're not in the chain of command, they did, they, they're like, don't say we did that wrong. We <laughs> but if you knew. Stuff about everybody. Listen, how, can, can we just move on off this point and agree that everybody's done something that's not honorable? That don't make them a dishonorable human being. Even great people have The Bible starts off talking about this man in verse 1. It said the king had great admiration for Naaman. Naaman was the commander of the whole army. God gave great victories. God gave great victories through this man. The Lord had given Aram great victories through this man. This man has got issues. I'm talking about big issues. You know why I know they're big issues? Because you could see them. Most people come to church, you don't see their You don't look down this row and see everybody's issues. Naaman walked into Rome. You knew he had issues. 
I had leprosy. That's a skin issue. That, that's visible. He was awesome in so many ways, but he had a problem. And I want you to know, no matter who you are or what you got going on, we've all got problems. Doesn't matter how many victories you've had. Doesn't matter how many successes you had. Uh, you got problems. And I want you to know, I want you to hear me good. It's okay to respect people with problems. Oh I, I couldn't, oh, I couldn't sit up under Bishop Jakes because he, he doesn't believe in the Trinity. Factual. Uh, I couldn't sit under Bishop Jakes because, you know, Bishop Jakes uh, preaches prosperity gospel. Factual. Oh, I couldn't sit under Bishop Jakes because, you know, Bishop Jakes hangs out with lots of Muslims. Factual. Uh, oh, I couldn't sit under Bishop Jakes because Bishop Jakes believes that you was baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, that your salvation is not legitimate and that they have to say baptized in Jesus only at your baptism or you'll go to hell. Factual. All these things are true, but if you can't recognize the gift for preaching in Bishop T.D. Jakes, then you're just brain dead in death. You, you want to critique and criticize and, and blast people down, and you want to rip away greatness from people because you find an issue or a problem, then you are not understanding that even great people have problems. And you shouldn't, you shouldn't look for a perfect person to respect other than Jesus. But uh, it, it's okay to, to follow a leader who has issues. It's okay to respect people who have issues. Some of you can't get past your boss. Some of, some of you have trouble on your job because you don't like your boss because your boss ain't perfect. Extra, extra, read all about it. Newsflash, fresh off, fresh off the hot press, you're not perfect either. They should have made me the boss because I'd have done better than her. Maybe. Maybe you'd have blew your wig in the first week, got hauled off in cuffs. We all have problems just because... You're great doesn't mean you don't have issues. Just because you're anointed doesn't mean you don't have issues. Naaman's leprosy was, I told you, it's a disease that eats you from the inside out. And, and the people in this room right now, many of us, if not all of us, have things that are gnawing away on the inside of us. Gnawing away on the inside. Fighting for our peace of mind. Fighting for our stability of thought fighting for our love of God and love of people, fighting for our sanity and our emotional, spiritual well-being, just gnawing away. And I want you to know something. I don't know what your issue is. Now, now some of y'all know mine. You know if somebody cuts me off in a Volkswagen Beetle and I'm driving my, my Lincoln Navigator L that's long, extended. If I'm driving that 7,000-pound truck down the road and some 2,000-pound little sissy car cuts me off, shoots me a bird, honks a horn at me, y'all know I want to crash them. You say, well, a real Christian shouldn't think like that. Hey, I didn't do it. <laughs> Glory to God. Salvation at its finest. Different people. I exposed some of my issues to y'all. Gail used to tell me all the time. She said, baby, stop telling people that you're a train wreck and you're crazy. You're not that bad. And <laughs> she said, you make me look like a fool. Well, what kind of woman would marry somebody as, as wacky as you make yourself sound? I said, I just want the people to know that if God can use me, he can use anybody. 
God used Naaman. Naaman was all messed up. Naaman was more messed up than we are. But you can't look at each other and see the issues that we have in here. You just ought to know in your mind, we're all messed up together. And we're going to love each other in spite of each other. I wish five people could agree to that. These things eating away. We can't see it in each other. But I'm going to tell you something. The devil knows exactly what your issue is. The devil knows exactly what your issue is. The devil, the devil. I saw somebody post. I, I can't believe it made it on Facebook. I'm sure they took it down by now. You, you, can't, you, you, can't, post, you can't post stuff like that on Facebook. Um, there was a missing child. I thank God that child was found yesterday. Anybody saw that little girl was found yesterday? Missing child. Somebody put on Facebook an image of that and said, why are black people always losing their children? And I thought, really? You think that's a black-white issue? You think children from every race don't go mad? And I'm thinking, this, just, this is just somebody, who, their issue is hatred. Hatred and racist. They, and so they see that, and it, and it feeds in to, to their hatred. I, I saw on, on the protest last week uh, in, in, in Seattle, uh, somebody put on, on a Facebook thread, I hope these black people... Uh, just shoot each other all. And I'm thinking, wow, this just hateful. This, this just racist. I saw somebody put on, put on there, all cops deserve to die. And I'm thinking, okay, so you see a cop grab somebody. Listen, I'm going to tell you, God's having truth. I have been grabbed, picked up, thrown down on my face, and had a knee put in my back and been cuffed up. In front of where the famous Amos is on Normandy Boulevard. And I wasn't doing anything wrong but driving a white two-door car being a teenager on Normandy Boulevard. But they said that I was armed. Somebody armed had just broken into one of those houses, driving a car that matched my description. They, they screamed, get on the ground, get on the blanket, blanket, and just losing their mind uh, like, like they do. Threw me on the ground, manhandled me, smashed my face into the concrete. And, but, but here's the thing. Every time I see a cop now, I don't, I don't go into, I ought to bust him in his head. 1980, I ain't forgot y'all yet. And, and I used to think, why do they have to be like that? Show me your hands! Show me your hands! I'm like, bruh. Do I look like, get your hands out of your body? Well, if you're dealing, listen, over 400 million police encounters every year in this country. And a lot of them go violent in a hurry. So I look at it, and I'm like, hey, they don't know me. They don't know if I'm about to take him out. They don't know I, I, what, what I'm about to shoot him with. And, and some people look at a cop, and it just irritates them. Some person look at, a, look at a white Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, every person driving a pickup truck is not a racist. Deacon Dixon. Young people don't understand why that's funny. <laughs> people, the devil knows your issue. He knows what's going to wire you up. 
And you need to learn how to distance from that. Don't feed into these things that wire you up. Don't feed into these things that, that prove your point. If you're angry about something, and see, that's why, that's why, that's why I hate them. That's why I hate him. That's why I hate Quit feeding yourself on that and get into the Bible that tells you to love your enemy and to pray for them. Because they might have something in them that God wants to use in a good way. Naaman had issues, but God was using him in a great way. And I want to ask you this morning, if you'd be willing to really look deep inside your life and see what it is that's gnawing at you. You're just sick and tired of it. And some of us just sick and tired of being sick and tired. But what is it that's just gnawing at you? Some of y'all got an ex that you're just still mad at. I can't believe she did thus and he did so. And uh, Who cares? They're not with you anymore. Be glad. That deliverance. <laughs> I had somebody asked me one time. Uh, they said, do I have to get back with my spouse after we get divorced? I said, well, you can if you want to, but let me tell you what the Bible says. If you're loosed from a spouse, seek not to be bound. Call that deliverance and go on joyfully. I'm not advocating divorce. I believe God wants one husband, one wife for life. But, but some of y'all are mad at exes and, and just, uh, just they, listen, if they cheated on you and you got rid of them, you don't have to sleep next to a cheater no more. Give God praise. If they were slobby and ragged and you didn't want them no more, and they left you, stop crying off your depression and give God praise that you're not with old slobby ragged no more. Some of you mad at parents over what they did. Some of you mad at step-parents over what they did. Listen, stop letting the devil wind you up with your issue. If we had the time and the honesty... We, we, we could just start with Carmelita and go all the way around the room and, and just say, okay, let's just get to it. Let's just, let's just hear what it is. But here's what church people have gotten good at. If we started, if we started with, with, with Carmelita, I don't, I don't know what she'd say. She might just get raw, honest, straight to the hard truth. But well, here's what most, most church people would say if you asked them, how you really doing? I mean, what's really going on? What, 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 what is it that, that's just tearing you apart on the inside? Anybody know what the average church person's response is? Oh, I'm blessed and highly. I'm fine. It's all good. God is good. Ain't God good? Oh, God is so good. Listen, if you are having chest pains, shortness of breath, numbness in your left arm, and you go to the emergency room and, and a triage nurse sits you down and says, tell me what you're here for today. Ain't God good? God is just so good. Uh, and they say, well, what's the problem? Oh, I, I'm just blessed. Get out the hospital. You're not serious about getting help. People have issues, but they cover them up and act like they don't. Could you imagine going to your dentist? You got a broken tooth in your mouth. Your breath smells like 12 days of death because you can't get to that back tooth to brush it. And, and, and it's hurting every time you chew food on that side. You finally get a dentist appointment and you sit down in the dentist chair and they say, well, what's going on today? Oh, God, it's just good. 
Okay, sure he is. Uh, you got any hurt pain in your mouth? No, I'm, I'm blessed and highly favored. No weapon formed against me. Get out of the dentist chair. When we come to God, the Bible says we are all naked before him with whom we have to do. He sees everything. You're not hiding moles and warts. You, you, hey, listen, if you got skid marks in your drawers, God knows it. Everybody trying to act perfect. If we had the honesty, if people would admit what their real problem is, then, then they might be able to get some deliverance. But when you hide it in the public place, hear me, and feed it in the private place, it destroys you. When you hide it in the public place, but feed it in the private place, it eats away at you, and it grows, and it grows like a tumor, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Somebody asked me, uh, what, what, what type of cancer did, did Gail have? And I didn't even know uh, that what they mean is where was the origin, because by the time she died, she had cancer tumors all over. She, it started in her colon. It spread to her liver, her lungs, her hips, and her brain. So did she have brain cancer? Technically, she had cancer in her brain. Did she have lung cancer? But they call it colon cancer. Why? Because it spreads and it grows and it takes over. And I'm telling you, you don't need to keep hiding it in the public place and feeding it in the pride, Naaman was out there. He let them know, I'm the commander and, and I got leprosy. What? <laughs> Second thing I want you to know is God can fix any problem. Anybody believe that? Yes. I'm going to tell you this. If, if at 11 o'clock on a Friday night on Wells Road in a dark parking lot, in front of Miller's Ale House with a dead battery on a 13-year-old car that barely gets driven and sits uh, with, with not being cranked for over a week at a time. If God can just recharge that battery out of the blue, he can fix you. God can fix any. Listen to verse 2. At this time, our men, raiders, had invaded the land of Israel, and among their captives was a young girl who had been given to Naaman's wife as a maid. Listen, slavery didn't start in America. Every village that ever took over another village enslaved the people who they conquered. All right? So this little slave girl uh, has been given to Naaman's wife as a maid. This leper has a wife and she has a maid. Verse 3, one day the girl said to her mistress, I wish my master would go to see the prophet in Samaria he would heal him of his leprosy. Now, see, this little girl, this little slave girl, she knew that God was able. She really, I mean, think about it. Now, you got the king, you got the commander of the army. This dude's a four-star general. This guy's the chief, the joint chief of staff. This guy's sitting at the Pentagon with the king. He's running stuff. He is naming the commander of the This is Russell Crowe in the gladiator, commander of the uh, royal fleet, He northern armies. He, he is the dude. Now, his wife got this little girl foreign girl, slave, captive. And she believes in God so much 
and refuses to hate her captor so much that from her heart she says, man, I, I just wish he would go to see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him of his leprosy. Now, the text don't say this. So don't, take this as opinion and not Bible. But I'm hoping in my mind she loved God so much she wanted these heathen to know how great God was. I'm hoping she loved God so much she was even willing to reveal God to her oppressor. And she said, oh, I just wish he would go and let the prophet in Samaria heal him of his leprosy. She knew something that we might have forgot. God can fix anything. But I'm going to tell you, when God fixes stuff, sometimes it happens quick and sometimes it takes a long time. But it always has effort. Leprosy is a serious illness. Uh, and it led to a slow, agonizing death. In Israel, I told you, lepers weren't even allowed to live inside the city. And every time people came near them, they had to scream, unclean, unclean. And, and they had to move away from people. But Naaman was a Syrian, so he didn't have those laws. He could come and go as he wanted to. Uh, you know, in today's world, Naaman would be like the dude that don't wear a mask. <laughs> He's like, I'm walking right up in there without a mask on. And, pe and people protesting. Uh, in the streets with no masks on. I'm like, hmm, you screaming at the top of your lungs. With, hey, Naaman, Syria, they let you do what you wanted to do. Verse 4 says, so Naaman told the king what the young girl from Israel had said. Now, I, I'm out of time, so I, I can't preach this the way I want to, but imagine how crazy it is in a day and time where you couldn't even get an appointment with the king. You couldn't just walk up on the king. You could be executed for coming into the king's court without an invitation. You didn't just be like, I want to see the king. It just didn't happen like that. You, 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 it was a process. And, and here Naaman, of course, he's big time, and he knows the king. Uh, but he's saying, hey, this little slave girl over here has got an idea. All right, now let's just roll this back. Take whatever president you want to. Take Clinton, take Obama, take Bush, take Trump. Uh, you really think if one of their big wigs came in and said, hey, you know, there's this little slave girl over there in Jacksonville. She got an idea. You think they're interested in that? That's, that? that's not typically how it works. But God, people say devil is in the details. I want you to know God is in the details. And, and so he tells the king uh, what this little girl from Israel said. Now, I'm going to tell you, it's a side note. You got some issues? Surround yourself with people who know the God of Israel. We keep going. Verse 5 says, go and visit the prophet the king told him. I'll send a letter of introduction for you to take to the king of Israel. So Naaman started out carrying gifts, 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. I want to tell you something. Uh, I don't know how expensive those 10 sets of clothing were, but 750 pounds of gold will get you rich right now. Uh, verse 6 says, the letter, the, king, the letter to the king of Israel said, With this letter I present my servant Naaman. I want you to heal him of his leprosy. Now, he missed this, and I don't want you to miss this. Naaman goes to Aram, the king, and says, this little girl told me there's a prophet that I can go to to get healed. The king's like, bet, I'll send a bunch of money to the king over there in Israel, and I'll tell him, this, you're my servant, I'm giving you all this money, and I want you, say you, to heal him of his leprosy. This king don't know God. This king not listening to people. 
This king is, this king is busy. Listen, people aren't always going to hear you. They're not always going to believe you. They're not always going to think your plan is right. But you better stick with the plan. In, in, in verse 7, it says, When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes in dismay and said, This man sends me a leper to heal? Am I a god that I can give life and take it away? I can see that he's just trying to pick a fight with me. Oh, so much preaching in here. How many of y'all know sometimes you'd be busy about God's business? Folk think you're trying to fight them. You're just minding your business, doing what God called you to do, and people think that, you know, they, they, they got to get in a, in a mix, in an argument with you. Verse 8 says, But when Elisha, the man of God, heard the king of Israel had torn his clothes in dismay, he sent this message to him. Why are you so upset? Send Naaman to me. This, 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 about, this ain't about you, king. Listen, the trouble we're having, and you, you, here's something. This ain't in my notes to say it. I just feel led to say it. People going to disagree with it, and you do, do, do you. We got to love each other in spite of each other. Naaman thinks this is about him. Naaman thinks that he's, he's being expected to solve the problem. Naaman thinks that the problem has come to him to fix it. This, the, the problem is not Naaman's to deal with. And the pro, listen, everybody thinking that Donald Trump is going to fix America or everybody blaming Donald Trump for the problems in America, these problems were not Obama's to fix. They're not Trump's to fix. They ain't going to be Biden's to fix. They're not Hillary's to fix. They wasn't Bush's to fix. This problem that we have in America is a God-sized problem, and we need God to fix it. I don't know what kind of America people thought they were living in. I heard white people say when Obama was president, oh, I've never seen race relations so bad now that we got a black president, the whole world's upside down. Now Trump's in office. People are like, oh, I've never seen, what America was you living in before them? <laughs> America's always had racism. Barack Obama didn't invent racism. Donald Trump didn't invent racism. And, and, and if you think... 50 years in Congress, 9 million year old Joe Biden's got a new idea in his head to fix something. Mm, let me keep going. The, the, the man of God said, what you so upset about? This ain't yours. This ain't on you. This ain't you to fix. Send naming to me. We got to stop believing that the government's going to fix stuff. And we got to get to God. He said, send, send him to me. And he will learn that there is a true prophet here in Israel. Verse 9 says, So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. But Elisha sent a messenger out to him with his message. Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored and you will be healed of leprosy. Now here's where it gets good. Listen to verse 11. But Naaman became angry. And stalked away. He's kicking rocks now. He's mad. He's mad. He's 38 hot right now. He is number two in his whole country. He is the four-star general. He talks to the king, Aram, and doesn't the king give him all this gold, millions and millions of dollars worth of gold and silver, ten cool outfits coming as a gift. This bro won't even go outside to talk to him. See, now, he... He, I know how he feels because this is how people do, do the preacher. They're like, hmm, he, he didn't come running to me when I, when I called him, and it took him an hour and 11 minutes to get me, call me back. 
He didn't come outside to, to talk to him. And, and, and Naaman says, I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call on the name of the Lord his God and heal me. That right there hadn't changed in the thousands of years since then. People come to God. Here's, here's what they want. I, I, I was just sharing uh, the other night with Deacon Mike and Kari, uh, sharing with them uh, about church and different types of churches and different types of ministry. You come to Abundant Life, here's what you're going to hear. There's a real God. There's real sin. We need real forgiveness, a real Savior, a real relationship with Jesus that takes hard work and discipline. you got to read your Bible, say your prayers, make good choices, get up, do it all again tomorrow. If you got a stronghold in you, if you got an addiction, if you're bound by something, if you're dealing with problems, you got to dig deep into the Word and hold on to the altar of God and, 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 and wait on the Lord. And again, I say wait. That's what you're going to get at Abundant Life. That's why we got empty seats. Because in other churches, all you got to do, come, come down during the invitation, shake a little bit, have, have the preacher just wave his hand, fall out on you, and you're fixed forever. Problem is, that's foolishness and fakery. And it don't work. Now, I'm not saying, I believe in the anointing of oil laying on hands, and we do that. I believe in prayer. I believe in the transference of spirits. I believe in falling out in the Holy Ghost. But I'm telling you this, people seeking this quick fix religion, they are not seeking the God of Israel. This dude just like, man, just wave your hand. This, this is what people want. P, P, I've had people say, Pastor, I, I just need you to pray for me that, 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 that I, I'll be able to get off this liquor. Okay, I'll pray for you to get off the liquor. What, what they really mean, I want you to say a magic spell over me like voodoo, hocus pocus, black magic, to where I'll never want liquor again. Okay, I'll pray for you to get off liquor, but you got to stay out the liquor store. Y'all not hearing me. Verse 12 says, he, he, he's still talking. He's like, aren't there rivers in Damascus and Albana and, and Farpar better than any of the rivers of Israel? Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So Naaman turned and went away in a rage. Listen, he did not like God's way of fixing it. That's the problems we got going on right now. People don't like God's way of fixing it. Most people that go to counseling don't really want to be told the truth. They want the counselor to co-sign on their lie. I've seen it many times. Husband and a wife come for counseling. Whichever one set it up is the one that's mad at the other one. Wife sets up the counseling, mad at the husband. So she gets in on him, and I said, well, let's talk about you. For well, we ain't here to talk about me. We're here to talk about him. Husband the same way. Either Well, we ain't here to talk about me. She's the problem. She cheated. Same way. And all they want, they don't really want anything to be fixed. They just want the counselor to agree with them and turn on the other. Because people don't like God's way of healing stuff because God has his own way. And name is like, this is foolish, man. You're talking about this dirty, nasty river. You want me to get in there. My country got better rivers than you got, and I ain't trying to do what you're saying. Listen, if you want it your way, if you are the old school have it your way. Have it your way. If you are Burger King in your spirit, 
You will never be effective in ministry or in Christ's kingdom because we did not come to God as humble sinners in need of a Savior to tell God how to fix us. We came to let God fix us His way. Naaman, he got issues. The third thing I want you to see, if you want to be delivered by God, you've got to obey the Word of God. See, Naaman was a proud man. He wanted a different prescription for his problem. He didn't like the fact the prophet didn't come out to, to see him. Uh, he, 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 he was told what to do, but it didn't jive with his own concept. I don't think that's right. The man of God said to do it, do it. That's how God spoke back then. They didn't have a Bible. God used the prophet to speak it. He's like, nah, I got a better. He thought he had a better plan than the plan that God had. Fortunately, though, he was desperate. And I'm going to tell you something. You want healing? Get desperate. You really want to get over something? Get desperate. Get serious about it. Make sure it's important to you. That's why forced counseling don't work. That's why forced rehab don't work. People don't want it. If they ain't desperate to get better, they're not going to get better. But Naaman was desperate. The great Charles Haddon Spurgeon said that Naaman had two big enemies. He had proud self. And that enemy is plaguing people still to this day. God's got the answer to your solution, but pride will keep you far from it. I ain't going to do that. I don't need to be up in there every Sunday. I don't need to come to Wednesday night Bible study. I ain't, I'm broke, but I ain't going to pay no tithe. God has a solution, but pride will keep you far from from it. Spurgeon said he had a proud self. He was mad because Elisha didn't come out to see him. Naaman was a king, uh, a general in the king's army. He was, he was used to people bowing down to him and snapping to and coming to attention and Elisha didn't even come out the house. Elisha sent a servant out there to tell him what to do and, and, and that messed with his pride because he thought he was better. Listen, stop thinking you're so all that and realize that real Christians got to be humble. Christianity in and of itself says we can't make it on our own and we need God. That's why proud people won't come to salvation. They think they can handle it on their own. But not only would he have proud self he was dealing with, he had evil questioning. He questioned the remedy. Now here's the thing. Why do you believe so much in some doctor who's rushing you in and out of his office? You tell him, Blah, 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 and I got this. And he's like, oh, I tell you what, I'm just going to write you a prescription for an antibiotic. You're going to take this every day. Uh, uh, five days later, you're going to be all better. You pay him money and believe what he said. You take that thing to Walgreens, you get it filled. Somebody hands you a bottle. It says take it a certain time of day with or without. You do it by the letter. You don't even know these people. You don't even know these people. Here's a, here's a stat for you. 245 black people were killed by police in 2019. Only nine unarmed. Read the Washington Post. You'll find out. Altogether, in fights, shootouts, 245 black people were killed by police, and the world is burning itself down because of it. Guess how many people died in America last year from bad medical advice and medical malpractice? You think it was more than 245? You think it was more than 2,045? You think it was more than 24,000? You think it was more than 400,000 people died last year for medical malpractice. 400,000 people. 
because the doctor told them to do something that was wrong and they did it. And they did it willingly. God tells us to do stuff and we're like, I don't know about that whole tithing thing. Don't sit right with me. I, mm, I don't think I got to be up in church all the time. This whole daily Bible reading thing. That, mm, we do what the, the, the third leading cause of death in America, medical malpractice. And these people tell us what to do and we just, well, he had a white coat on. Oh. <laughs> That's all they're doing is practicing. And here's a stat released out by, by, by the American Medical Association. And it, this ought to tell you how jammed up these white coat folk are. Over 65% of all heart surgeons in America chain smoke cigarettes. And the first thing they tell you to do, heart disease, stop smoking. You got to give up them cigarettes, yo. God tells people to do stuff. They don't, Naaman didn't want to do it the way God said. He had his own eyes. He thought he had a better plan, but he was desperate. And he had these evil questioning. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't like the way God said. He, God said Jordan River. He's like, mm, that don't sound right to me. I got better rivers. I got a better plan. But he overcame these two enemies. He overcame his pride, and he overcame his questioning to do what God told him to do, but he needed a nudge, and I'm here to nudge you today. Verse 13 says, but his officers tried to reason with him and said, Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey him when he says simply go, wash, and be cured. Now thank God this lower-ranking person spoke up to this general, which is also miraculous because it could have got him killed, but he gave him a little nudge. Evidently, they had a relationship. He's like, bruh, why are you flipping out? Why are you tripping? He didn't ask you to crawl on broken glass. He didn't ask you to grab a hot log out of a fire. You got leprosy. It's killing you. You got one ear left. The other one already fell off. What are we talking about here? He's not asking you to solve cancer. He said just go dunk yourself seven times in that river. Why are you sweating this? When you just do it, healing takes obedience and healing takes faith. But verse 14, Naaman went down to the Jordan River and dipped himself seven times as the man of God instructed him. And his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child, and he was healed. He did what he was told even though he didn't understand it. He did what he was told even though he didn't like it. He obeyed what God said even though it didn't make sense to him. It, didn't, it wasn't the way he wanted to do it, but he did it anyway. And people questioning and writing theologians argue about why seven times, the seven the number of perfection, seven the number of completion. It's about covenant. Uh, but I believe that he dipped seven times. I believe God's man told him seven times because it required long, arduous effort. It wasn't just a give me a high five, pray over me, and let, let, let everything. No, he had to walk down into that water. That took time. That took effort. He had to dip one time, listen, and see nothing change. He didn't get changed after the first time. Then he had to dip again and see nothing change. Didn't get changed after the second time. So now you got time. You got effort. 
and you got faith at work. And I'm going to tell you something today. You want to get better? You want God to do something? It's going to take time. It's going to take effort. And it's going to take faith. And he's dipping and dipping and dipping because God is not interested in partial obedience. Think about Naaman. He dips one time, two times, three times. Nothing happens. But when he had completely obeyed to the letter what God said to do, he was healed. Not just, you know, he's an old dude. Ain't no young dude, four-star general, commander of the armies. This guy got years on him. And the Bible says that now not only was his skin, not only was the leprosy cured, but his skin was as smooth as a young child's skin. When God heals you, he'll take you back to better than you were before. And as a man of God, I want to tell you today, whatever your problem is, if you just do what God says, he's going to fix you. If you're here today and and, and your, your problem is that you need salvation, the Bible says call on God and he'll save you. Maybe you tried that before and it didn't work. The Bible says keep on calling. He says you won't find him until you search for him with your whole heart. If you're here today and you know you're not saved, that's your problem. You're not right with God. You don't have a real relationship with God. The Bible says if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. You call on God, he will save you. Maybe you're here and you're saved. Maybe your problem is financial. I want to tell you something. Stop looking for ways to get out of your financial decision in your own mental acuity. Stop looking for ways that sound right to you. God said, if you will pay the tithe and give an offering, he'll open up the windows of heaven over you and he'll pour out blessings into your life. You want to get better financially? Loose that pocketbook and give the tithe. Tithe means tenth. You got to give one tenth. It is not an option. Jesus said in Matthew 23, 23, we must tithe. If you're not tithing, stop complaining about money. It's not going to work. God said if you try to stack up money in your pocket without tithing, he'll put a hole in your pocket. You got financial problems? That's God's answer. I don't like that answer. Naaman didn't like dipping in Jordan. But when he did it, it got better. If your problem is emotional, what you need to do is cast your care on him. Get in this book. Get in prayer. Jesus said he'll give you mental peace. I'm not asking you to do some hard thing. I'm not asking anybody to handle snakes in this room. I'm not asking anybody to grab a hot log out of a fire. I'm not saying let's walk on burning coals. I'm saying let's trust God and do what the book says. But the choice is up to you. And you're not going to change until you get desperate. But I'm going to ask you a question I've asked before. When it comes to you getting better, when it comes to God fixing America, when it comes to God fixing the problem that's gnawing away at you, does the answer have to make sense to you for you to do it? See, for most person, most people, the answer has to make sense to them. They have to understand, well, oh, I understand that's why we're doing it this way. But in Christ, the answer shouldn't have to make sense for us to do it. It didn't make sense to name. Jordan wasn't the cleanest river in that region. He didn't know nothing about anybody dipping seven times in Jordan and get healed. That wasn't a process. That wasn't on a menu. It didn't make sense to him. But he did it and it worked. And for some of you, your logic is keeping you from really walking close to God because it doesn't always make sense to you. But that's when you need to let faith kick in.
God asked you to do something really hard, some, some of you hard-headed people would do it. But you won't do the simple things. And God is not asking you to do something so hard that you think you can't do it. He's just asking you to obey Him and to trust Him. If God asked most of us to do something extreme, many of us would do it. But I'm going to ask you today, will you read your Bible every day? Will you talk to God every day? Will you do the simple things just to show Him that you love Him? If God asked some of us to do something hard to, so you could have real joy and real peace, most of us would try to do it. But He said, I'll just give you peace. If you'll just come to me, I'll just give it to you. God wants to pour His love and His blessing and His peace out on us. And we're busy watching TV and being upset by stuff that's eating us and gnawing away at us and getting distracted by the devil on things that, listen, aren't going to change ever. It's going to get worse before it gets better. The Bible already said so. The Bible said it's going to be wars and rumors of wars. Kingdoms going to be fighting against kingdoms. It's going to become a mess. This earth ain't going to heal itself. God is going to send His Son back. But between now and then, we got to do what God said. Oh, if I thought y'all would stick around, we could have, you know, if I were one of them cool preachers trying to fill up a building, we'd all stand up and, and we would just literally dip, one time, dip, and we would dip ourselves seven times and give God a big shout, pray, get the band up high, have everybody singing, I, hooping and hollering, hallelujah, and give God praise, run around the building, throw money on the altar, and, 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 and that's, that's what grows big mega churches. But God didn't tell us to dip seven times. I've been in churches where, you know, uh, David put his foot on, on the neck of the giant, cut his head, and they just stand up, put your, stomp your foot down, and swing your sword. They, that, that, that was for him. That ain't for us. All these antics and theatrics that are filling up churches, God ain't telling us to go through all that. God is telling us to do what he says. I don't know what you need to do, but I believe you do. You know what your issue is, and you know God has the answer. So search for God. If you're here and you need salvation, I'm not going to ask you to come down here and pray with me. You pray and ask God to save you. He'll do it. You need healing? Ask God to heal you. But listen, stop trying to understand everything. Stop trying to understand everything. You got, you got Fox News, these people pulling the hair out. Well, it just doesn't make sense that they would just riot like this. It doesn't make sense that they would just burn buildings down. It doesn't make it. Listen, stop, stop freaking out. Well, you, you got other people saying prayer don't work and it's time to riot. People trying to make sense out of the solution. And in God's kingdom, the solution seldom makes sense. Because if it made sense, we wouldn't need faith to do it. God is the answer. And prayer changes things. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. Help us to believe it. God, I pray you'd bring healing into the lives of the people in this church, starting with me. God, I pray that you would heal us from our internal issues, our physical, our emotional, our spiritual, our financial, our relationship issues. God, I pray, Lord, you bring healing to our city, to our country, and to your planet. 
God, I pray that you would help us love you more than we love ourselves. Thank you for the answer. Thank you for your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.